Well, this feels big in here, doesn't it? <laughs> we should all crowd still so we have that tight feeling. A couple of you sit in the hall, so it feels like the old days. But uh, um, appreciate you all coming. Um, how's everybody doing? I just want to do a little bit of a... Wait, is this anybody's first time here? Okay. How's everybody doing? Any, anything hit you from last week or... You, you start thinking about this, and you're like, yeah, but what about, or wait. You know, did anything like that kind of stir up at all? <clears throat> Something Del and I talked about the other day. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about the gift of the Spirit um, being active. Now, if someone doesn't feel like it's active, I can see a tendency to feel like, well, I'm not a very good Christian. Yeah. You know, the book of Acts is misleading. Sorry, Holy Spirit. but um, I mean, the book of Acts is a little misleading because years go by between happenings in the book of Acts, but you read it like two verses later, or you read it in the next chapter, and you think, Paul's life was just one miracle and healing and casting out of demons after another, just all day long, every day, and mine feels more like going to Walmart and being kind to it. You know, a checkout person. And um, <clears throat> I guess I want to just encourage us that, that this, if, how to say this? If the minute you said, Holy Spirit, fill me, A, everything started being perfect for you. B, you got all these words about who's going to, you know, where the stocks were going, you know, and all this and, <laughs> and, and everything, then what would happen would be a dictatorship not a benevolent kingdom, because everyone would say, oh, if I want in on the goods, I guess I need to pretend to be a Christian or be a Christian or whatever it will take because of what I can get for it. And so Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, we'd take over. But it's not of this world. The kingdom is within you. It's among you. And you'll discover that kingdom as you do. See, that was a great question. <clears throat> as you do these things, you'll start, you'll start to go, oh, that, that was God. And then you'll have a conversation. In the midst of a conversation, someplace in you will go, God, oh, God. And all of a sudden, you go, I need to write that down after this conversation because I never thought of that till just this instant. What a coincidence. And then you go, wait, maybe that's not. And, and life starts to take on this place where um, Jesus said, if, let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so he's talking to 200 people, and I don't know how many of that 200 got it, but the ones who had ears to hear went, ah, got it. The ones who didn't picked up rocks. Okay? And so our goal here is to teach us to have ears to hear uh, and just a patient going after God. And just, I'll just guarantee, since I've been after this for 45 years, I'll guarantee fun stuff starts to happen. And you go, okay, this, yeah, yeah, this, this thing, like even, even in those of you in the early service, um, <clears throat> just, was that your son, Miss Bushiers? He's like all grown up. I thought he was like a businessman, like, oh, it's a bank vice president coming up here to, he was, he was awesome. Um, so so if, 
and we're going to jump back into this thing. And I was talking to my beloved wife. She said, don't make it too complicated. And I was like, oh, but honey, I'm so geeky. And I've studied this so long. I've got to like build a framework. She goes, well, stop in the middle and say this. Anyway, I don't know where to point now. It's not there. Um, if it starts to feel more complicated than real lifey, then just stop and do this. Just before you go out or just before you read the word or just stop and, and number one, draw near to God. Scripture says if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. It says how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And so there, there's scripture after scripture after scripture. And if I were Jen Barnett, I would quote all of them to you right now. She's my co-author of a book we wrote. But, but when we draw near to God, we just stop, even close our eyes and say, God, would it be okay if I draw near to you? Would it be okay if we sat together? And just see what feels, see what picture, what feeling, what sense comes upon you. Second thing is just give them your past missteps and misunderstandings because the first thing that happens when we feel near to God or one of the first things is we feel a little guilty. And he's like, I took your sin. I took your, I look, I took it all. And so you could say, Jesus, would it be okay if I just gave you my misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit. Would it be okay if I give you some of the traditions that I may have had that I feel now keep me a little bit handcuffed? I don't want to judge. I don't want to try to sort it all out. Can I just give it to you? Okay. See, Jesus is all about an exchange. We give him, it's like you go to a store and you turn in something broken and they just give you something new and you go, I don't have to sign anything. No, it's all signed and paid for. Cool. Okay, and that's how, that's how Jesus is. And so if you say, look, look, Jesus, I've been struggling this. Would it be okay if I just gave you all the entangled struggles that I have? And then number three, will you fill me? Just will you fill me? See, how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And if you study the life of Peter, he gets filled at Pentecost then a little while later, the whole room's shaken again, and he's there again. It says they were all filled, so then he's filled again. And then a little while later, he's talking to somebody, and it says, Peter, just filled with the Holy Spirit, said, and he does something, and he gets filled again. And then a little while later, he's walking in his shadow. You, you hope it was sundown, so he had a long... And everybody's healed who his shadow falls on. Now, that didn't happen every day. So does that mean he gets poor mileage to the I, It might be. You know, I think it was... Uh, yeah, 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 I got it. Oh, man, that is a gift. I just not under the source. But anyway, dad jokes are like my favorite. So I'm serious, though, being filled again and again. So Ephesians, yes, uh, John, uh, somebody said, Martin Luther maybe said, why do you need to be continually filled? And he said, because we leak. So Ephesians says, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say be filled, but if you look at the Greek, it's one of those continuous aorist, past participle, twice removed kind of things. But it means be being, be in the process of being filled. And so we just are continually filled. That, that river never runs dry in us. And so it's constantly coming out of us. And so, but there is an initial point I found just in experience, there is an initial point where even though I'm a believer, I kind of go, huh. And you stop and you say, God, fill me. Will you fill me? Will you fill me? Okay. Yeah. okay. And so 
number four, I just say sometimes it's just, uh, Jesus said it's like uh, drink the spirit he talked about. And, and so sometimes it's good. You say, will you feel me? And you just go, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Thanks, Randy. Um, so, Lord, will you feel me? And you just, I just say to people, just take a deep breath and just drink in and then just begin to thank him. Lord, I thank you. And, and let him lead your thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for, oh yeah, for that. Lord, and I'm so thankful for, and, and pretty soon, if, if, you, if you don't stop and catch yourself, you kind of just go off with him. And you go, can I do this every day? And it's like, yeah, three times a day if you want to. And so you go, oh. So then this, this deal of in him we live and move and have our being starts to take on feet and clothes. And, and it, it stops being something that we, we read but don't do anything with. And it starts being something where we go, so Jesus, so I, I talk to Jesus mostly. Um, and so it's like, so Jesus um, in this meeting that I'm about to walk into, would it be okay if you sat with me? See, now that feels silly and, and your, your, your brain goes, well, of course, I mean, he lives in me and blah, 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 the Holy Spirit dwells in me. But you go, no, 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 I, that doesn't help me. What helps me is to be able to visualize him sitting with me because there's something, that's why the Psalms help me because they're pictures. Because at the cognitive, at the top of our brain, it's all about logic. In the middle of our brain, it's all about our will and making decisions. But at the bottom of our brain, Ephesians chapter 1 calls it the eyes of your heart. It's about your imagination, your ability to see things and visualize things. And God often percolates up from our spirit and plays on that screen. And so you can just make it easy for him. Just say, would it be okay if you sat with me at the meeting? And, and I, I do this, and I just kind of close my eyes. People think I like, have a headache or something. It's like, what? Oh, don't bother me. And I just, and I just, and I start, <laughs> I start to smile because I'm like, and then for some reason, the whole meeting takes on a different thing. I have been in meetings where, where I knew what half the people in the room were thinking. I mean, I knew the position they had. I knew, I was in a, a meeting, this is my favorite one. You always tell it like your, your grand slam. Uh, so I was in a meeting with this very powerful business guy up in Cleveland, Ohio. He ran the whole riverfront, all the water in six counties, 72 cities. And we're talking about how to keep Lake Erie clean. That's what I kind of stuff I do for a living. And, and we're talking, talking, and I just asked questions. It was like one of those Mont Blanc pen meetings. So I just asked questions. And finally, this guy, Irwin, he'd been the director there for 37 years. He goes, race all you're doing is asking us questions. You know, you, you haven't said anything. I mean, we, we're hired you, all this money to come in for one day, and you're just asking us questions. And, and so I, I just was sitting there, and I thought, well, what can hurt? And I said, oh, don't. I said, um, just, don't cry, please. Um, so I said, Erwin, I think I've just got one job. And you could see everybody. And I said, as a boy, you used to swim in Lake Erie. And you're afraid before you retire, no children will be able to swim in Lake Erie. And he, a tear comes down his cheek and he goes, break for lunch. So we, I probably told the story before in here. And so we go and we sit and he goes, how the H did you know that? 
And Holy Spirit doesn't need you to say, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, you know, the deepest thing of your heart. I just said, I don't know, it just seemed like you're that kind of a guy, just a great guy who loves that. And I knew you grew up here and blah. And so I gave him an out and he said, give me a proposal. Well, $2 million and four years later, we had set up a whole new organization up there that is now cleaning up Lake Erie. And it was one little word with Holy Spirit sitting next to me, Jesus sitting with me. I'm not saying it always works that way. Sometimes they say something that seems to fall flat. But those of us who do freedom prayer ministry, you know, they call you later and they go, God, that was really amazing what happened in there. And you go, really? You know, and you thought it was just, you know, it was like stone face. But somewhere in the inside, percolation was happening. So we just do this and then we just go forward listening. We just go forward with this expectation. Well, he's already promised to be with me, to speak to me to disclose what is to come in a couple of other semesters back. We kind of went through all these things that the Holy Spirit does. And so it doesn't have to be spectacular because spectacular and supernatural are not synonyms. Jesus, the first bunch of times he healed people, he said, don't, don't tell anyone. I don't want them to show up for healing. I want them to show up for truth. Okay. Is that, that is a long answer to your question, but okay. Um, so we have been talking about um, varieties of spiritual things. That's where we are. So this whole semester, we're talking about gifts with quotes around it of the spirit. And so we broke it out into these categories. And this is right out of, it says there are varieties of gifts, charisma, but the same Holy Spirit the varieties of diconia, of ministries, but the same Jesus. So Jesus is involved in ministries, putting you in the body. Holy Spirit is giving you the who you are gifts. This is who, this is your package. It's you. I don't, you'll never lose it. You know, it doesn't go away. I built it into you spiritually when you were born again, because I, I looked down your life and this is, this is who you are. It's kind of like, Joe Enneagram gave you a number, you know, and so you got a number and that's who you are. Well, this is your spiritual number in a sense. So we talk about those. Jesus goes, okay, first three years, I want you here. Then we're going to go here. If you're really successful, you're going to go here. And near the end of your life, you're going to be a patriarch in this church or in this city, or you're going to be governor or, you know, he, he's got, and, and as long as we're just faithful in the little things, faithful in the things we know, and leave the results to effects. Number three, the father goes, if you take your charisma and do the diconia Jesus has for you, I'll make sure, I'll make sure it works. I'm the guarantor that it works, not you. you. You just obey and watch and see what happens. So Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, and poof, a church grew up and God caused the church to grow up. Okay, And then it says, but, or on the other hand, there, there are power tools that each of you get that are available to all of you. You all get this tool click, click and there's all these pockets in it and some of the pockets have stuff in and some things you learn and those are the nine what we call manifestations of the Holy Spirit. They're never called gifts of the Holy Spirit, never once in scripture. They're always called the word phanerosis. God is very, very, very careful that we don't get things discombobulated, get them wrong, okay? now. Everything is a gift. Your body size and weight, intelligence, dancing ability, you know, everything is a gift. But Paul and the Holy Spirit through Paul is very careful about helping us sort these things out so we don't 
start to get confused because I've, I've seen people, know people who say, what's your gift? Well, I speak in tongues, so I guess tongues must be my gift. And I go, so your tongues, what do you do on Saturday? I mean, what do you do in a church that that's really not very proper in that church? I guess I'm nothing. Do you think that's right? You know, do you, I mean, honestly, do you really? No, it's not. We, it's, it's, like, it's like I'm screwdriver. Well, sort of, but not exactly, you know. Um, no, you're not. You have a screwdriver, but that's not who you are. You are something and you have something. So you may have a word of wisdom. You may have a word of knowledge. That's what that was with this guy, Irwin. That was called a word of knowledge. God showed me something I wouldn't know otherwise to bring about an effect and that was a power tool. I could have talked to him all day long trying to figure out who he was. God, in three nanoseconds, just showed me just one thing. He didn't tell me his underwear size or anything. All he did was he just said this one thing about him, and it was just a sense of his heart. And I just spoke out of that sense, and he just was like, wow, yeah, that, right? So God wants to do that sort of thing with all of us, so those are the manifestations. So... When we look at the gifts, it's those seven things. And remember last week we said that those are like uh, the primary colors. So there's probably 15 blues in this room, some checked blues, some striped blues, some plain blues, but they're all blue. And so you might say <clears throat> someone might have a gift of serving or helps, it's sometimes called. They just, that just, they walk into a room and they see what needs to be done and they go do it. You know, you want them at all your functions, right? All, early, right? Because they, they just, they walk in, oh, I'll take that. Oh, I'll, I'll do that. No, I'll go, I'll work, I'll go this. Bum, 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 bum. The giving person walks in and sees what's missing and goes, I'll go buy that for you. And they, they go do it. Or they, they go, oh, you know, we've got an extra bit. I mean, they're just, they're driven by, by giving. And so this is, that's, those gifts are sort of, um, they're, they're the ones that are part of you. They're called charisma, charis, grace, ma, package, package of grace. You have a package of grace. And you tend, they're called motivational gifts. That's how you're motivated. When you look at the body of Christ, you're motivated along those lines. You kind of always want to act that way. And you don't necessarily know why or how. So today we're going to, in the 20 minutes we have left, and probably some next week. We're going to look then at the description of the ministries of the work of Jesus. This is my favorite chapter in the whole Bible. And um, so, poof, sorry, uh, there it is. I want to read through it, and I want to show you just, there's like 15 hidden patterns in this, these verses. I'm just going to show you some of them that have to do with gifts. So let's just look at them. So, and I'm going to skip a little bit. So Paul is saying, look, I implore you, walk worthy, Humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance, love. Then he says, be diligent to maintain the unity of the Spirit. So he starts off by saying, look, be, be nice, okay? Be, be, be nice people. Maintain the unity of the Spirit. There's one, 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 one. One body, one Lord, one Spirit. One, there's one, 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 one. In seven, he goes, but grace was given to us according to Christ's measured gift. It says he ascended on high. Remember we said Jesus, the Holy Spirit couldn't come till Jesus ascended. So it says he ascended on high and he gave gifts to men. We're going to look at that because that's not charisma. And it says, and he gave some, and every place you see as in verse 11 isn't there. It says he gave some apostles. He gave some prophets. He gave evangelists. He gave pastors. He gave teachers. They were the gift. Those people were the gift. And he gave those into the body, what? 
to the equip the saints for the work of service to build up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith to a mature man. And then 14, 15, and 16 talk about how individuals interact with each other using their uh, ministry, using their diconia. So let's unpack this a little bit more. So that's like a very fast overview. So the first thing I wanted to show you is that there's two unities. One unity that we preserve and one unity that we grow into. The unity that we preserve is the unity of the Spirit. We have the same Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit doesn't say contradictory things. If we sense contradictory things, then we sit down and we say, I'm sensing this, but we all know in part. We all see in part. We all prophesy in part. I have a puzzle piece, and if I hold my puzzle piece, you're, you don't have sky. You've got grass. You must go to a different grass church, because grassland maybe. We, uh, we go to Blue Sky Church. But if we put our pieces to the middle, we go, oh, look, there's, there's a field and the sky. Oh, how cool is that? And so he says, look, be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit until we all grow into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the fullness of Christ. So he says, look, be nice with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is growing us all up together to the fullness of the understanding of Christ. We have one Spirit and the Spirit is always pointing us to maturity in Christ as a body, always. And so Paul says, look, be nice while that's happening. I, I like the word tolerate. It says tolerate each other. I mean, it's kind of like, if you can't be fervent in love, at least tolerate each other. You know, it's like, just, you know, eat the casserole. You know, it's just kind of what, just, just tolerate. You know, and he's saying, look, I know we're all human. I know we're all different, but you all have the same Holy Spirit. And if you rely on that Holy Spirit, you are going to grow into a unified body. Trust me in this. Okay. So he says that. The other thing I want to uh, show you is this, these words here. So, but to each one of us, grace, charis was given according to the doma. Now, that's not charisma. Doma is a different word, and it's used here too. He ascended and he gave domata. He gave doma to men. So what is doma? Doma is a gift of a person or a, or a gift of a package. Basically, what this saying is, is Jesus gave some of his own capability in ministry to different people. So he gave, he gave some apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Those are like the big five. But each one of us has a measure, and we'll see that in just a minute. So the word isn't charisma. And he says, look, I gave, he gave some of them for the equipping of the saints for what? For the ergon, that's what the Father does. That's energema. It's a form of energema. We get the word erg, which Carrie would know, and erg is a measure of energy, right? For the energy for service. Okay? So he said, look, I gave these, these, these five-fold ministry, I gave these five people to equip you and help you to be energized for the diconia that you're called to. Okay? This, this whole section is about ministry, not about charisma. It's about place in the body, growth in the body. Okay, and he says, we're doing that. And then it says, um, and so every joint will supply, so we're going to go into that. But he said, according to the working 
within measure. And we're going to talk about measure in a minute. But again, there's energema. That's what the Father does. So when I work within the measure that I've been given, then everything happens for me. The charisma works with the diconia, creating energema. We're almost in tongues here in a minute. We're going to just slip right in tongues. But, but those things work. And so Paul says, look, I've given these five kinds of people, and their job is to help you do your job. That's why I gave them. Okay, because a church needs people to fill certain roles. Okay, I want to show one more thing. <clears throat> There's this word measure here, and I, you have to see this. This is like the coolest thing ever. He says, look, each one of us, grace was given according to the metron. We get the word meter according to the measure of Christ. So look at it's used two more times. Your, yours won't show it. It's used there and it's used there. This bottom one typically says in your translation that according to the proper working of each part. So here's how this works. Jesus measured himself out to different people. When everyone works within their measure, the body measures up to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Well, look at this. So if, if he measured one one hundredth of himself out to a hundred people, and all 100 people go, oh, this is what I'm called to do. This is my charisma. But right now, today, I'm to do this. And they go into it. They look left and right. And everybody is doing the thing they've been given. And the world goes, that's Jesus. If, if there's some need, some, somebody else in the body steps in to fill it. And they fulfill it just like Jesus would do it. Somebody comes with a different kind of a thing. Somebody else steps in. And they do it just like Jesus would do it. And so the world goes, everybody is, is both Jesus because he's inside of them, and they, they, um, they show a part of Jesus that is unique to them. So it's your charisma, and now it's your current role. But you, just like in a career, you go from place to place. Paul says we go from glory to glory, right? So Paul was called to be an apostle, but when he was called, he actually wasn't an apostle. He's kind of a knucklehead, okay? <clears throat> but he grew into an apostle, probably a lot of that, 16 years. <clears throat> so you see how the word measure, so there's two unities. Measure works all the way through it. And what Jesus is giving is ministries, doma, domata. He's not giving charisma. You already have that. He's assigning ministries to you, and he's using the fivefold people to do that for you. So here is the big picture. So he gave these, and we'll talk about these five in a minute. He gave those five kinds of people to serve as the leadership glue in the body. Okay? And their job is to equip everybody else. And they each play a particular role. And we're going to see that in just a minute. But when you look down here, <clears throat> this is each of us. This is what it looks like to work in your ministry. Okay, so the top is what it looks like for the five guys to work in their ministry. This is what it looks like for you to work in your ministry. And so it looks like speak the truth in love. Grow up into all aspects from whom the whole body. Now look at this being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. So what's a joint? 
What's a ligament? It's actually we're ligament. So what's a ligament? It holds two parts together. A ligament is totally flexible, totally unbreakable. Well, some of us old people know it can detach once in a while, but, um, but a ligament is supposed to be flexible, unbreakable, like leather, not like steel. Relationships are to be ligament relationships. My elbow isn't connected to my left ankle, but it sure is connected to my forearm and my upper arm. God intends each of us to have ligament, unbreakable, flexible relationships, and life flows through those relationships. Now watch again. <clears throat> From whom the whole body, fit and held together by the joint of supply, according to your working within your measure, you can do a lot of stuff, but only stuff in your measure has a sense of anointing, has a sense of success, have this sense of whatever. We can all do a lot of stuff, but we should begin to differentiate what we really like to do in the body, feels like a passion, and what kind of isn't. But we are all to be ligamented, loving, tolerant, you know, or to be all these things. But when I go to work in the body, I, I tend to do a certain thing. Okay, so I talked to Kyle because I couldn't find the sound system this morning. And Kyle, in 32 seconds, solved my problem. Okay, and I'm like, that's like 17 I owe you now, Kyle. And he goes, no, no, forget it. You know, don't worry about it. Okay, and so, perfect. You know, the guy did his thing. So this is what causes the growth of the body. Not preaching, not teaching, not what causes the growth of the body. I'm going to come right back to that. Okay, so here we are. <clears throat> so we filled in this middle chunk here, and it's a fivefold and everybody else. So the fivefold are like the leadership team, but everybody else has a role in the company. Everybody else has a title, a role, ready for promotion, growing up. You might grow into one of those five. You might not. That's not. Let's talk about the big five. So apostle, um, yes. Uh, back to the Ephesians chapter, yeah. maybe. There. there we go. When you were talking about the bottom part, 15 and 16, yeah. how we're, we're the whole body being fitted and held together by every joint. Um, you know, my, I guess my question is, we're not a community church. We're a regional church. And, and uh, is that intended for us to work together as a group of people or as just each out doing our own thing as we go about doing our own ministry. I think that <clears throat> if you heard the sermon this morning, or you will hear it, you hear um, Josh talking about Paul's relationships and Paul's ministry. But when he writes, he writes about his ligament relationships, about Epaphroditus and about Timothy, and he writes about those things. But he's ministering. And each of us, that's the thing, is I have, a, I have a web of relationships through which life grows. And when somebody moves into the community or gets baptized, the best possible thing we can do, and this church does a really good job at it, is to connect them to relationships, not connect them to a church service. Because there's a huge difference between church growth and body growth. There are churches that are 20,000 people but unless people have ligament relationships, they're attending a football game that's godly. You know? But they're not, 
They're not in ligament. And God wants us. When God comes back, he's going to like hook his finger under one ligament and go and pull the whole body off the earth. You want to be connected to that thing, okay? You, you, you want to be, I, I'm not sure that'll happen, but it might. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I had a dream, and that's what happened in the dream. So I, who knows? But, um, and so that's a good question. And so, so um, I and my company fly all over the world. But I have a team, and the favorite part of everything I do is with that team. Okay? It's that, I, you know. And in the same way... God expects us to, to live in ligament, but our ministry can take us all kinds of places and do all kinds of things, but we live in ligament. And through those ligaments, we speak the truth in love, we help each other to grow, we watch each other's back, we lay our lives down for each other through those ligament relationships. And, and God has those planned already. And so he'll, he'll begin to hook you up in those. Thanks, that's a good question, Mike. Um, so let me just pop these up. <clears throat> so the apostle is like the visionary. He's the guy who just, he kind of has inside of him the blueprint for how things should go. And he just keeps speaking the message again and again. Okay? He's not the head of the church. He's an apostle in the church. Okay? He may have authority. God honors authority. God always works through authority. Okay? If you ever study authority in scripture, you go, oh my gosh. I need to get under authority, and then I'll have authority, okay? Mavericks, Lone Rangers, God's like, yeah, but really? <clears throat> um, prophet, um, in New Testament, in Old Testament, okay, weird guys who were stoned if they were wrong. New Testament prophets tend to speak for encouragement, uh, building up the family house and exhorting, kala parakaleo. Paramuthio, okay, domo, three Greek words that they do, and we'll talk about that later. And so they say, hey, and they may go and say, it looks like this is going on. Uh, it feels funny to me. Can we talk about that? So they're like the eyes. They're like the ears. They kind, of, they kind of can go to the apostle and say, if you look at Paul through the book of Acts, prophets hit, hit him up all the time. Okay? He doesn't always listen to him. But, so a prophet is, is like this, is like the major domo to the pot. They're, they're like staff people in a sense where he's going, what about this? You know, I, I was praying the other day and I got this sense of, and the apostle, if he's smart, goes, you know, let's, let's take that before some of the elders and let's, we need to, yeah, that's good. So they're like the eyes and ears. We tend to think of them as walking in with a staff. And, Thou shalt not pass. You know, and you go, well, I don't, maybe in the old days, but not, not now. Evangelist is the person who always keeps your focus on the kingdom of God expanding. Because we can kind of get like this. And the evangelist is always the one who goes, guys, there's this opportunity over here. Man, we need to go. So he's always the one who keeps us looking outward at the kingdom, not inward at our church building and blah, blah, blah. All those things are important. But the evangelist stirs us up. The worst thing we can do is send them off to Zimbabwe and not hear from them. Okay. We're going to come back to that in just a second. The pastor is looking at the good of the people. The evangelist is looking at the good of the kingdom. The pastor is looking at the good of the people and caring for them to see the sheep are healthy. And the teacher is going, yeah, they're healthy, but they're not smart. Okay, they don't know anything. So the teacher is, is very jealous for people to be trained in the right things, to understand doctrine, to, to not go off half-cocked. Okay, you're going to go on a mission trip. I need to help you think through the message that you're going to bring. 
Okay, so so just like everybody with their charisma, you know, we talked about the woman falling in the party, and the person with helps goes to the the mess. The person with mercy goes to the woman who fell, and the person with giving goes to the store. Right. So everybody's got this way of dealing with that problem. Well, these guys are like that. They they each have their focus of how to, to deal with things. And God says every church needs all five of these. And these five, why were they given? And we might say to do the work of the church. Because when you look at churches, these five are doing all the work. No. These five are not to do the work, but to equip us to do the work. Why is there burnout? There's burnout because the five start to do everything. Because they can do it better than we can. I mean, it's like, you can clean up the kitchen better than your 10-year-old. Come on, of course you can. But if you never teach your 10-year-old to clean up the kitchen. And so there's a sense of these five are given to equip. The evangelist is to equip to evangelize. The pastor is to equip to pastor. The teacher is to equip to teach. Okay? Now, they, they teach to demonstrate. But if they go off in this little dark room and they emerge and they teach, and then they go off in this little room, they have missed their job because their job is to reproduce themselves in the body, not to do it for you, right? It's like, you don't want a church full of people who've never learned responsibility and never learned their gift. If an apostle isn't producing apostles, you wonder what he's doing, okay? So they equip, and they equip to do what? Well. You look back at that, and it says they equip the saints for the work of service, speaking the truth in love, um, helping people form ligament relationships, um, all these kinds of things. Oh, I think I did that, so we'll just... Um, I already talked about that. So <clears throat> this is what they do. So when we look at the, the fivefold kinds of people, and there are people in this room who are being groomed to be some of those fivefold people, okay? I mean, there's just no question about it. And so you help someone work within their measure. So a prophetic person is really good at helping people discern what their calling might be. They go, you know what I love in you? Well, or just someone who has a word of prophecy given to them by the Holy Spirit over coffee at Starbucks. And they say, you know, I was thinking about you the other day, something I really love about you. And the person goes, I was just praying this morning about whether to go to college and study. That happened to us. And the, the woman came back uh, last week and had dinner with her. And she goes, I am smack dab in the center of where God wants me to be. I am so excited. And it was like, oh, man, it's so good. I mean, she's just like, I just, I just came to tell you I'm quivering with excitement about this, this training I'm getting. And and everything. And it wasn't like the mission field. Well, it was, but just not your standard mission field. Okay, so the fivefold teach us to speak the truth and love to each other. They help us to discover our giftings. They help us to create ligament relationships. They demonstrate ligament relationships. They demonstrate commitment to each other. Mike and Jeannie are so good at that. Demonstrating how to be connected in faithful relationships to each other. Okay, they do that, they do that sort of a thing. Um, they, and in the end, in a sense, they report back to Jesus, the head of the church, and he goes, how much does this look like me? 
how much does your local expression look like me? Are we missing something? Is there another church over here that could help you look more like me? Maybe you should go ask them to help you. Okay? Every, every collection of people has got everything it needs to be Jesus. And each one of you in this room has a measure that's been given to you that, that you're supposed to be walking in now. And supposed to be sounds guilt, guilty. It's kind of like you've been given an opportunity to do something really cool that you're going to love. So supposed to is not decent language. It's get to. You get to do the thing you were made for. Isn't that cool? You know, it's like, huh. And it kind of doesn't, the thief at the cross was like in the 11.999 hour. It doesn't matter how old we are to begin to transform. Or you, you probably start into this, you go, I've been doing that just naturally. I, I mean, this isn't a big change for me. I just kind of now see it framed better. I now feel like I can cooperate with Holy Spirit more. I'm already doing the thing I love to do, but I, I'm beginning to feel like more purpose and more guidance. I feel like I have a partner now in it. It's like I get up and it, I start to go, what are we doing today? Oh, I'm going to find out. Okay. You know, you kind of get this sense of, oh, there, there's a preordination, a predestination, a pre... Yeah, he, he, knew, he knew what was going to happen today and he made provision for me. I'm not an accident and this isn't an accident. It's not always easy. Um, I had to talk fast. Um, so next week, any, any last questions on that? I'll, st- I'll stand around here too. Does that kind of make sense? So, so we have these three buckets. We've got, I have a charisma. I have a um, diconia, a ministry. The Father causes that to energize things in the body. And I have this mysterious bunch of manifestation of the Spirit, tongues, interpretation, tongues, discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, miracles, gifts of healings, and one other one. Um, and, and those tools are tools, and they're power tools, and they, they don't really come with a manual, but they do come with some guidance. And so we're going to talk about those more near the end. And so we're going we're gonna to go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14 now um, and look at some cool stuff. And if you think about the tripod, this is your homework. Think about the tripod, power, love, and a sound mind. And think about 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, power, love, and a sound mind. You will see that Paul has applied that understanding of the Holy Spirit to the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and how they're to be used. I mean, it's crazy when you see the patterns. You go... Wow, so this is how you do manifestations. Okay, so we're going to go back there, but where we're really heading first is the charisma, is the nine, the seven gifts in Romans. We're going to come back either next week or the week after, and now that we have a big room, I'm going to put up little descriptors of those seven around, and we'll talk about each of them, and then we're going to gather just go to the one you think, right now I think that's probably the closest. Get with people. Talk a little bit back and forth about, well, how, does, how do you experience this? Well, how do you experience it? And then pray for each other. So we're going to do that either next week or the week after. Somewhere near the ender of the summer, we're going to plunge into tongues. Everybody looked up. Everybody's... <laughs> <laughs> 
we are we're going to just dive right in uh, fearlessly but not unwisely um, because if it's a power tool then if you don't think you need a rivet gun but God knows you have rivet ri a lot of riveting coming in your future you might want to just reconsider some of that okay everybody okay bless you thank you <laughs>